Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Hey, what's going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of Dynasty Theory. It is Tuesday night. Week 5 is in the books. We're ready to rock and roll. What's going on, Dan? I see you have your Rangers stuff on tonight, so hockey season is here, huh? It's that time of year. I'm like a fanboy tonight. I know our listeners will be listening at different times, but, you know, my Phillies are winning playoff games. The Rangers are opening up. The NHL hockey season has started. My Georgia Bulldogs thumped Auburn last weekend. It's Cowboys-Eagles week. There, there's a lot happening. Yeah, it's a big, big week there for Dan. I see a lot of <laughs> in the chat. Greg, Thomas, Ben, what's going on, guys? Thanks for joining us live here on the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel. We got Mitch Sorensen as well. What's up, Mitch? I'm back. You know, that was my first work trip I've ever had. It was actually kind of fun. It wasn't as bad as everyone always makes these work trips out to be, but it was good. But now we're back. And now I think we're entering, entering like my favorite time of Dynasty. Now we have bye weeks, right? And now it's going to be time for like injuries matter a little bit the first fruit four weeks now they really matter because you probably don't have the depth to back them up so now i think this is when dynasty gets a lot of fun yeah i'm looking at my portfolio and i'm looking at the teams that i you know maybe they're two and three three and two but they're teams that are built for bye weeks they're Mm -hmm. built for injuries they come in with a lot of depth maybe don't have the high-end pieces that i would really like and Throughout the offseason, I've attempted how many times to package up and package up, and it hasn't been successful. And now maybe it's time to reap the benefits. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if my allergies are acting up, but my eyes, they're so itchy, so itchy. I, I, it's like a fog here tonight. But anyway, <laughs> ignore the fog because this week's episode of Dynasty Theory is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. 20% off free worldwide shipping. Code Theory20, as we always say, it helps us out. You're going to love it. Great product. Dan was just telling me. Dan was just texting a message us in the DM that, that his lawnmower, it was time for... Uh, a repair over there and the company was great stand by their product took care of me like instantly customer service plug customer service a plus for manscaped so and again been greatly pleased with their product but when you have a question they're there for you it's time to take care of yourself go to manscaped.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with code theory 20 again it helps us out it's a great product you're gonna love it all right guys there are wes says those aren't allergy tears JB is crying at how smooth Manscaped makes him. <laughs> it really does. It, it brings a tear to my eye thinking that there was a product out there this fantastic. So, Wes, I, I like that. All right. I wanted uh, running back is kind of the theme of tonight's show. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the guys here that are coming up in the conversations, I always say it makes our job easy to come up with content because the Discord does a fantastic job of kind of, okay, these names are popping up time and time again. Okay, let's talk about them. But before we get into specific running backs, Mitch, you have a very vague comment here in the show notes for me. And I truly, I said, don't tell me who it's about. 
I want to be surprised on air. So hit me here. I want to know if your if your value on this player has changed drastically, like I think it has for the rest of Dynasty. So before I mention his name, this running back is running back 10 and points scored right now. He's top 10 in rushing yards. He already has 15 targets this season, and that's after hardly being used at all weeks one and two. And he's only 22, which would tell me he should be valued pretty high in dynasty rankings. But we know how much you hated Damian Pierce coming in to the draft. After he got drafted, you said, as soon as he spikes, we should trade him. Is this the spike we're looking for? Now, I, I think this is a fantastic question. <laughs> good, and, Thank you. It, it really is. So, And let me clarify, I did not hate him coming into the draft. Oh. And I, I didn't... I didn't even really hate him necessarily post-draft. It Hold on, hold on. I hated him going early second. I hated him going late first, where he started to creep up into that range. I, I, was, I was very adamant I was not comfortable taking him there. Right now, I have him in that 14 to 22 tier, still below market. I think a lot of people have him top 10 right now. And I, you know, based on his production, you know, it, it is hard to sit here and continue to fade. But my big point, and this was a tweet, this is I did a guest spot with the guys over at FF Dynasty. I said, I'm not sending a 23 first of any kind for Damian Pierce. And at this point, I'm looking at my tiers. I still don't have him there. Now, granted, I only have 13 running backs that I want to send any 23 first. And I think that speaks to the, the landscape itself. But yeah, he's he has certainly been a riser for me. But again, here's the thing. I have a few shares. I went out and acquired a few shares. One of those shares, Mitch, was from you. Mm-hmm. But the shares that I have, he's been on the block every week. I've sent out offers. I couldn't get a 23 first. So... I am enjoying this rise in value. And a lot of the thing for, for Damian Pierce, one, it's kind of, he's getting the targets, which is very surprising, but it's like these rinky dink, dink and dunk. Like the one game, he had six receptions for nine yards. Like Christ. 6.9 points. We take that. Listen, I know, I know. Uh, But it does there's a little bit of hesitancy on my part. Can that be sustained? I I don't know. Now, the other thing that was big uh, last year, I believe the Texans had four or five carries inside the five for the whole year. And Damian Pierce has already been involved in that aspect. He's the team has been inside the five. He's been the one to get the opportunity. He was stuffed a few times, but still getting the workload there. So my he has risen for me. And I'm not going to sit here and BS and say, no, no, no. I'm going to be that guy that, you know, uh, you know, you, you go on Twitter and p- people that were anti-Gabriel Davis are still sitting here saying, yeah, well, it was only three catches. Yeah, it was three catches for 793 yards against <laughs> the Steelers. You know, so I'm not going to sit here and do that. The, the workload's been tremendous for Damian Pierce, but. I, there is that worry also. What do the Texans do next year in the draft? But uh, are, are they 
they have. Are they going to go to next year with Damian Pierce from Rex Burkhead? I don't know. Maybe they wanted to this year that way. But we saw, well, no, they had the great Marlon Mack, who's now been on 13 practice squads. But we, <laughs> we, we, we saw this movie with Michael Carter. We, we saw this to an extent. Got to bring that up. Man. I'm always going to bring it up because, you know, the fourth round of running back is a very vulnerable position here. Okay. So I, I think it's a great player. And honestly, I, there were so many players. I, I was trying to think. I'm like, Mitch could call me out for like 20 different running backs here. I truly don't know. So, Dan, what do you see here in Damian Pierce? Because I think it's it's something that wasn't on our show notes here. But where do you value him? Would you move that late 23 first? Where are you kind of looking maybe cross-positionally? I'll throw some rapid fire out for both of you. Yeah, this is what I would probably fight with myself with because I think at different periods of time where I've evaluated Pierce, you know, going into the draft, I, I kind of said poor man's Ramondre Stevenson. And, and, and that kind of statement in itself is looking kind of attractive these days because Ramondre is looking more attractive every week. And then, you know, we watched the preseason and he looked pretty good in the preseason. Now he's kind of looking good in the, in the regular season again. Now I, I do want to temper his expectations because they're still the Houston Texans. You know, it's not a, a franchise with a great history there. We have the draft capital conversation we just had. And his three kind of, you know, big games were against the Bears, the Chargers, and the Jaguars, n- n- none of which are playing really good, you know, defense in the National Football League these days. Uh, but he looks good, you know. So he's, he's a running back that I think, you know, when I give a first for him, I don't want to, <laughs> but if I really need a running back and that's a late first and I'm competing to win a league, I mean, he's, he's, he's an attractive back that may be able to help me this year. And, uh, you know, he's young, he's got a bright future. So he's trending up, John. Yeah. He has on the year, he has 13 receptions. So that's a cheap 13 points. And we like that for our backs, 13 receptions for 43, 51 57 yards like he's got i think he's got level expectations depending on you know the purpose of why you're acquiring him too when you look at the texans you know later season schedule and they have teams like you know the cowboys defense the titans defense i mean who knows about the chiefs um you know there's going to be some ups and downs along the way now mitch you made a great point i always talk about the usage and this is something i put together for for our patrons just collecting data from various sources i bring this up multiple times an episode but it, let's ignore the first two weeks because it wasn't pretty for Damian Pierce. Nope. So let, let's let, let's write that off. I'm willing to do that for the kid. You know, I'll I'll be nice in that regard. Uh, route participation. This is week three, four, five, 27 percent, 49 percent, 52 percent. Anything over 50 percent for running backs is th- that that's the the uh, money spot right there. That, that's where we want. Target share, 6%, 17%, 21%. Ooh, like, like tw- a modern-day Austin Eckler. <laughs> I, Yeah, right. But again, like it's that 13 receptions for 50, what did I say, 57 yards. But, I mean, again, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and make excuses. Well, uh, you know, I'm hanging on to that, that second-round valuation. He's not leaving my roster for less than a 23 first. But it still seems like people are hesitant. Now, with with all that said, I acquired a share from you, Mitch. You did. You did. 
Uh, really quick, Greg says, I just saw Damian Pierce traded to a contender for Javante straight up. I want to say I've seen multiple iterations of Damian Pierce for Javante Williams since mm-hmm. the injury. Like, we've seen it. And I get it. And, I mean, at this point, I have them one tier of separation. So, I, I it's another... It's something, though, that if we're projecting out a year, that could start to look a little bit ugly. Uh, or Javante doesn't recover. Denver's garbage. Damian Pierce is the guy in Houston. They get a stud quarterback. Now, all of a sudden, it's rainbows and butterflies. Changes a little Houston. bit, right? It does. It does. So, Mitch, do you think I'm crazy here? I mean, I don't know if you've looked at the tiers. I, I a lot of, not necessarily changes within the position this morning but like like i said running back i kind of just bumped them all down a little bit because i'm looking at it in terms of draft picks and the advice that i've been giving and any hey would you do aaron jones for a 23 first i don't want to acquire any running back really yeah i completely agree with you and actually where you have them in your tiers is completely fine i think it's more than fair i just like to ask you because you do get high on these players pre-draft and you do like them and then they go in the fourth round and then you hate them but you're very good at hedging the line on well i like them pre-draft so they're still my guys post-draft i hated them so you get to kind of be on both sides so i really like how you approach that now let me say now this isn't fair because this was on 825 so uh training camp and all that good stuff preseason started to hit but I have my rookie rankings from 825, and I had Damian Pierce in that 201 to 204 range, which, you know, I, at that time I had Sky Moore ahead of Damian Pierce, which is ugh, nauseating at this point. Uh, but, I, I, you know, Damian Pierce, he's, he's one of those interesting guys. The Texans, they have been far more competitive than I expected at this Good point. Good coaching. Um, Pre-draft, none of us took him in our Dynasty Theory pre-draft. Post-draft, Mitchell, Mitchell Sorensen gets the, the credit there for, for taking him in round two. Well, you know, I do like that draft. Big fan of it. Wait, 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 wait. He didn't go in our mock pre-NFL draft? No. We, we did two rounds for those that didn't listen. I got to go. I got to go back. Samir White, James Cook, Brian Robinson, all before him, a bunch of receivers in there. You know, we're still wondering where the quarterbacks were going pre-draft. So that, you know, insert Sam Howell, you know, who would not be there. I think the, I took every quarterback you did. in that. And you block. yelled at us the whole time. I remember. <laughs> Listen, this is why I know I'm right. <laughs> and then what are you going to do? Uh, okay. Mitch. Yes. Damian Pierce or Justin Fields, 12-team super flex. Oh, Justin Fields. Okay. Uh, Dan, Damian Pierce, or Kenny Pickett, 12 team super flex. You got to take Pickett. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah, feel I good mean... about it, right? Mitch, yeah. I'm not sure if you had time to listen back to the episode last week, but we did a rapid fire. And I always laugh when we do the rapid fire because I go to edit the episode. Mm-hmm. And normally it's okay, get rid of some of the dead air and then boom, throw it out. But there's like a five second lull in the in the in the material and i'm like okay this is when dan was doing his rapid fire apparently all right mitch damien pierce or gabriel davis oh give me davis dan damien pierce or elijah moore i'll go with elijah moore 
Dan. And if you're or if you're John, in the, if John Damian Pierce or Marquise Brown, I want Hollywood. Oh wow! Give me Hollywood. Listen, I know you're still down. Like I I, I don't know what else to say about Hollywood. I mean, the numbers do enough talking For, here. Like but one more week, right? I I mean, if you think yes, Hopkins I think Hopkins. Him, <laughs> if do. you think he makes Hollywood disappear. Sure. Uh, We'll have that conversation when the time comes. All right. So a running back that I do have on the list here that I wanted to talk about specifically, Najee Harris. People, you know, they are completely out on him. Yeah. Somewhere in August. And yeah, Mitch, you, you were, you were. And the worry here was, what is that Pittsburgh offense going to look like? We know the line is going to be below average, and that's probably being generous. We make the switch from Trubisky to Kenny Pickett, and this schedule, I mean, I you don't want to point and say, well, the schedule isn't doing them any favors, but this schedule is not doing them any favors. From here on out, they have, I believe it was, it was based on win-loss record up to the point maybe, but the most difficult schedule across the NFL belongs to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now you have it with a rookie quarterback. But here's my thing with Najee Harris. I I, I I believe in the talent. But it's tough to believe in the talent whenever he's not being utilized the way we would like, right? We're looking at usage. And this is a guy... It ran a route on 27% of the dropbacks in week five, 27%. And I just said 50% is that number we want them to hit. Jalen Warren hit 50%. Now, how much of that has to do with the game script? Do we think that came into play at all? Do we think, hey, we're down 20-some to the, the Buffalo Bills. Let's get Warren in there. Why run Najee into the ground here? Or do we just think, this trend is going to continue. His utilization is going to suffer. And as a result, his value is going to continue to drop. So if that's the case, do you get out now? Mitch, you were out on this guy to begin with. You were out on the offense to begin with. If you have Najee Harris, and I, you do in 294, I, I think. So yeah. at least in one league, what's that point of, okay, I just want to get out. And do you think this value continues to drop? And Dan, you're a little glitchy over there, man. Sure. <laughs> well, not streaming any Rangers game anymore. While Dan fixes that, I'll go on a soapbox for a minute because look, like the whole thing about Najee Harris was he wasn't game script dependent. He had all the talent. He was the number one back. No matter what happened that offense, Najee was going to get 25 touches a game. And that was his selling point. It was. I, wait, I don't, I don't have a. Dirty paper towel. Okay. Let me let me rephrase my thing earlier because this isn't just a youth. I'm not no, saying no, no, no. you. Let me rephrase how I let me rephrase yeah. this. Not game script, not because, but because of them being just the game was over. It was yeah. it, it was over. Is that why Jalen Warren then got this massive uptick? Okay, right now, fast forward, we're back. Yeah, I'm glad you jumped in for that, but um. I completely agree. It was, they were down. So it makes sense for them to take the star running back out at that point. Right. But the point was he hasn't had a lot of touches every game this off season, or sorry, during the season. Now he had 18 touches week four. 
He had 18 touches week three. He had 20 touches week two. I mean, 12 touches week one. That's, I mean, we're going to talk about the guy coming up soon, but that's what Travis Etienne is getting. I mean, those just aren't workhorse um, type of numbers in a horrible offense that we all saw coming or should have seen coming. And right now, the question is, what would I move him for? I would still want a 23 first. Do I think I could actually get one? No. And that's the problem that we're getting into right now. Right now, he's fallen into A.J. Dillon. I mean, A.J. Dillon has upside, right? We all still kind of like him, but we don't love him because Aaron Jones is still there. Najee Harris, that offense isn't going anywhere. That offense isn't going to get better for the rest of the season. That offensive line isn't getting better. How do you trade Najee Harris without taking a huge hit? Now, let me ask, let's say we do take the hit today. And I think many people would say a late 23 first in and of itself is mm-hmm. is a hit. But let's go elsewhere. Let's say I mean, you hate Hollywood Brown. So let's say Najee Harris or Amon Ross St. Brown. Do you go Amon Ross St. Brown? No, in a heartbeat. So I would add to Najee Harris to get Chris Olave right now. Okay. And I don't know that you, you might not need to, depending on the situation. But over the last two weeks, and and Dan and I were discussing this about Darren Waller in the chat last night during the game before I fell asleep at halftime and I missed a tremendous second half. I know, I know, I know. I'm only human, guys. But it's what have you done for me lately? Najee Harris is running back 45 over the last two weeks. And again, the schedule over the next, I don't even know how many weeks here. Hold on. I know they have Tampa this week. Miami, then Philly. Miami, Philly, Saints, Bengals, <laughs> Colts. It it opens up a little bit. Falcons, but then Ravens, Panthers, Raiders. I mean, does it get better for Harris? I don't know. Like, you know, what what we just talked about with Damian Pierce, just getting those dump-offs, dump-offs, dump-offs. That's what we were getting from Najee Harris last year. And now that is changing. Uh, I, I saw a blurb. Is the injury still lingering for him? I know he had the the list. Frank was was bugging him a little bit. That seems to be the the buzzword over the last couple of weeks. Bateman, Burks, um, you know, with with that those list Frank those midfoot injuries. But maybe that's bothering him. But Dan, you were, you know, not a big Steeler fan like I am. Everybody knows I'm diehard. I you you <laughs> it, it, when I get a cut. Black and gold come out. It's, that's what color that blood is. Uh, but you're a f- huge fan of Harris. Where do you stand on this? Because we have two perspectives. One, one gentleman who was out on him, and it makes sense to your current price. And another gentleman, and I use that term loosely, gentleman, another guy who was uh, really in on him in, in Dan Lamagna over here. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. But first, you could sell me on the bleeding black and gold after the show. Well, we'll have a conversation another time on that one. But um, no, I think, you know, the beginning, like the very, you know, before week one dynasty theory, right around that time, we started to elevate the conversation of concerns about Najee. And, and I shared my regrets in Scott Fishbowl that, you know, we drafted earlier in the offseason where I was high on Najee, like you said, JB. And at the time in the offseason, I was high on him. I was hoping the Steelers would fix some things in the off season, but still build on all that volume Najee was having. 
and then you know we brought up on an episode of Dynasty Theory where I said, "Whoa, guys, I've been diving into O lines, and I'm kind of scared of what's going on in Pittsburgh here." And then even in his okay games early in the season, and I say okay loosely, I mean he only scored 10, 13 fantasy points in a week. So for Najee to be 27th now with that O line not looking any better, the quarterback situation in flux makes me think the Steelers organization has a lot more to figure out than we we hoped in the offseason. You know, how much do you – we talked about Big Ben being a statue, but you don't replace that many, you know, Hall of Fame-type career years overnight. And, you know, to know how to get out of bad run plays into good wins, good ones and check down. So we lost all that volume. We have a battle line situation. We have a rookie quarterback. I'm thinking this team's rebuilding. All right, so Dan, Najee Harris, and straight up, Najee Harris or Derrick Henry? You know, you know, I don't like old players. So if it's rapid fire, I'm going to say Najee Harris. I'm just going to hope the Steelers organization figures this out in the next couple of years. If um, I'm competing right now, though, JB, I would rather Derrick Henry this year. Yeah, contending, I want Henry. Mitch, Najee Harris, or Mike Williams? Najee, just because I don't trust Williams' injury history. All right, Najee Harris or Matthew Stafford, Dan, 12-team super flex. More often than not, we we need a quarterback, so you got to take Stafford. Mitch, Najee Harris or Justin Fields? Team super flex. I know, I know. Fields. You'll take who? Fields. All right. And uh, I'll say something. I'm I'm like out on Justin Fields, but I would still take him and flip him. Like you know, hoping someone else believes like someone, him. right? Someone someone's got to want him. Yeah, good luck flipping him. But again, so Najee Harris, the concern is the schedule, the, the the Steelers team in general, but then also we're looking at the usage. It's not like they're just he's getting the touches, he's getting the workload that we saw last year. Jalen Warren is taking a good amount of work from Najee Harris. And like I said, we dip below 30% route participation, but it's not like Harris wasn't in. He had 11 passing snaps where he was in the block. Mm-hmm. We don't want that from these guys. I want to say something too, because you mentioned um, Warren a couple times tonight, JB. We saw this a little bit, maybe even a year or two ago with like Benny Snell. Like, I just think when you have a struggling team, that Snell and Warner, that kind of running back, that just, they're fighting for their lives just to stay on this roster, and they're just hitting holes 100 miles an hour. Where Harris is a little more of a plotter and, and patient running back, where I don't think he has the luxury of being patient with that Steelers O-line. So don't get high on Warren. I, I think he, you know, has a purpose on the back end of a roster, but long-term, I don't, I don't think there's anything there. No, I don't think. I. It, it seems to me... And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think this is Twitter in a nutshell. I think it's Reddit, all, all these platforms. People always want the underdog or the the less appreciated back to supplant the running back one. You know, people have been calling for it for three years in Dallas. Dan, you know this all too well. Tony Pollard is going to take over. You know, Zeke, we, we want him out of there. And it seems like people are already pounding the drum for Jalen Warren. 
who's, like, who's undrafted and five foot eight, you know, like it's just not going to materialize in the National Football League. Now, the thing with the Steelers is they're a very loyal organization, which is why I was very surprised. Not that there was a long relationship with Mitch Trubisky, but why I was surprised they pulled the plug so early. I mean, it was he was terrible. Draft capital, draft capital too. <laughs> but he was he was terrible. But you know, Mike Tomlin, whether it's loyalty or stubbornness, whatever you want to call it, like it's they're not just going to move on from Najee Harris. You know. He's there through this season, through 23, through 24, fifth-year option. We'll see what happens at that point. Obviously, that's down the road. But, you know, if you like Jalen Warren as a, as a handcuff opportunity at this point, fine. But he's not going to give you anything of substance on a weekly basis as long as Najee Harris is healthy. Um, but But talking about Harris... He kind of he's starting. He is falling, but he's falling into that category of where can I just pivot to another running back and pick up a plus at this point? Is he any different than CEH? Josh, I mean, I think people are going to take Josh Jacobs over him. They will. Yep. I, uh, you know, AJ Dillon might be interesting and we're going to get to him in a little bit, but he's been underperforming and I'm trying to avoid some of these older guys. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there was a tweet about Ramondre Stevenson over Najee Harris. Yeah, but, there was. But we know how the community overreacts, and that's where we are with Harris. So explore the opportunity maybe buy, but that has to be at a great discount because his price is going to continue to drop. It's not going to get better against Tampa Bay next week. And, you know, and then it's such a short-sighted approach from the dynasty community, but we know how important that is for the values. And I say that each and every week, but anything else, Najee Harris, before we move on. I just hope the Steelers get back to their roots, man. Smash mouth football, fix that O-line. They used to have a great reputation for running the ball, especially in the cold weather here in the Northeast as the season goes on. So hopefully they can get back to that. And then Najee gets back to our expectations a year from now. Najee Harris or Kamara? Mitch? Meh. Nah. Probably Camara if I'm competing. I'll go that way. But if not, if my team's one and three right now, I'll stick with Najee because I don't want to deal with Camara in the offseason. I agree. Mitch only Mitch is only four weeks. I'd rather not catch up and play his fifth game of the season. Well, you know, that's how some of my, my dynasty teams took a week, you know. <laughs> You're coming up still. All right, another running back, maybe on the other side of things, Travis Etienne. Mitch, you mentioned him earlier talking about mm -hmm. the usage and the, you know, the opportunities not being that workhorse type player today. What are your thoughts overall on Travis Etienne? Because we did briefly mention him on the pivot point over the weekend. Yeah, I, I think he's being used how we kind of pictured him. You know, we'd hope for some more receptions than what he's getting now. He's probably averaging two and a half a game right now. We probably want closer to four, but I think everyone's down on him just because he hasn't had the touchdowns. I mean, if you give him one more touchdown last week, how would we feel about him going forward? We'd be like, oh, this guy got 71 yards, three catches, and he got a touchdown. That's fantastic, but he just didn't get that. And it wasn't his fault. It was because Trevor Lawrence threw some horrible interceptions. He threw a horrible interception against Philadelphia the previous week. So I think that's just the growing pains of this offense to where, 
I'm still willing to hold ETN. I haven't really dropped him in value, but we had um, a question in the Discord earlier today about him and like, what's his value? You can't get a 23 first. Those picks, you just can't move them for certain players, but it would have to be like the 201 for me to even think about moving him for a second round pick. Can I say I have three offers outstanding right now where I've mm-hmm. sent what I think I'm four and one or five and oh, I've offered my 23 first for ETN straight up to teams Ooh. that are at the bottom of the standings. Yeah. I I don't expect them to get accepted, but I I'm there with you. A lot of people and I, I, I kind of have been recklessly offering my picks and it's surprising how little traction I've been getting on the market. Uh, but, you know, ETN really quick before I turn it over, Dan, 11 receptions. We got, what, 124 receiving yards, up to 54% route participation in week five, 10%, 11% target share. Uh, you know, he's getting more involved and not only more involved, and I think it goes hand in hand with this next comment. He has been more efficient on every level as the season has progressed and James Robinson has started to come down a little bit. Like James Robinson was a hot commodity there the first few weeks. Everybody was excited. Hey, if you had James Robinson, if you were touting him over the offseason, you're excited. And now that's starting to come back down. So ETN still remains one of those running backs that his usage has been getting more and more intriguing. And he's been having more uh, opportunity, but his numbers still are not popping. And because of that, he remains somebody that you can get at a nice price. We talked about Harris, ETN running back 34 over the last two weeks, but things are trending in the right direction. And James Robinson, who knows if he gets extended after this year, you know, with his uh, undrafted free agent contract, it was a three-year deal. So keep that in mind and that, that could open the door for ETN. Or they bring somebody else in too, like I mentioned with Houston. All right, Dan, Travis Etienne, what are your thoughts? I've been up and down on Etienne going back to probably like last year's pre and post draft and our, our conversations. But you better darn believe I screenshotted uh, Coach Peterson's quote about needing to give him the ball more the, the, this past week, especially as J Rob didn't show up for my DFS lineups as I was looking for a guy that not everyone was on that I thought was going to have a good game versus Houston. And you know, I, I guess I also want to bring up what's going on with James Robinson is there's been times in watching Jags games this year. I'm like, man, ETN kind of looks spry. Like, uh, you know, those little flash runs, kind of like we saw maybe a Kenneth Walker at certain times. And we're wondering why Seattle's not getting him more involved. And that's like before this week, we'll, we'll talk more about Seattle later. But J-Rob last week, 10 for 27 versus Houston. What's that? And that, that's coming off an eight versus 29 versus the Eagles. He's really like just been the dud the last two weeks. And so now I'm kind of wondering what's going on. And now coach Peterson saying, Hey, I want to give ETN. It's my fault. I didn't give him the ball more. Is that a changing of the guard? And could ETN get the ball more and do something with his athleticism? So I'm, I'm, you know, leaning a little bit more on the ETN train, John and Mitch, but I've been wishy-washy for a long time. So. Well, I'm not as wishy-washy. And I said, I'm, I'm trying to go out and actively acquire him. I moved. What did I move? I did acquire one share in a 14-team league prior to last week, but that's usage and a trend that I expect to continue. So still somebody, you know, we talked about Harris coming down, ETN coming up. Mm -hmm. 
I, I'd move Harris for Etienne straight up. I could see that. I'm a little trending more on Ramondre there and in, in the New England situation. And again, this show we're looking at based on week four or week five performances. Not Najee Harris. Not what are we not Damien Harris. Oh, I thought I meant Damien. No, that's a whole other conversation there. Well, I'd rather Najee. I mean, yeah, I'm moving Damien <laughs> Harris for Travis Etienne. Yes, too. I am. <laughs> I'm not moving Najee for Etienne. To me, there's still a tier there. No, no, for me there isn't. And in three, and this is another one where I'm like. I, Damn it, I'm right. In three <laughs> weeks, you're going to be wishing that you moved Harris for ETN. Maybe. See, let's see what Jacksonville does, right? But yes, for the record, I'll move Damien Harris for Travis ETN as well, especially <laughs> since he's out for a couple weeks here. Uh, anything else on ETN? I, we spent a ton of time on Harris trashing yeah. him. Uh, so I need, I need a larger sample size. That's where I'm at right now. Great. Yeah, but trending Mitch, up, Mitch. You know how I get worked up. About I know, samples. I know. It's time to move right. AJ Dillon or is going to turn to forty-five minutes on ETN and his routes run participation. But some of these teams, like sample size, is important, JB, because like we're still figuring out Coach Peterson and the Jaguars. I mean, ultimately, sample size is critical. You know, is this a James Robinson team? Is this an ETN team? Is this always going to be a Seattle situation where we're just never getting enough of ETN as far as opportunity? Uh, I hope to see more of ETN and Coach Peterson sticks his words, and that's not just coach speak. Mitch, AJ Dillon, what the heck is going on in Green Bay? They're not, they're a good team who is not a good team. I mean, that's just kind of who the Packers are now, right? I mean, they could go and lose in London to the Giants, and then they could beat the Jets by 40 this upcoming week. But the problem with Dillon is everyone knows if AJ Dillon has, if AJ Dillon, if um, Aaron Jones has any injury at all, then where does AJ Dillon go? Right. I mean, even if Jones is just out for three weeks, all of a sudden Dillon almost, I mean, I don't think this is like hyper bold to say or anything, but he's going to like double in value just that easily. He's going to go from the, wherever he is now to a locked in 23 first value to get him. And I think that's just what, Everyone kind of knew going into the season I was going to be. We were hoping he would get more rushing yards, but the Packers aren't as good of a team as what we all thought they were going to be. That NFC is horrible. And the best part is we trashed the NFC East. We said this is the worst division <laughs> ever. Uh, they might be the best division in the NFC right now. And that NFC. kind of goes to show what we thought going into the season about all these teams. Just call it the NFC beast from now on. There boys. we go. No longer the NFC least. Uh, yeah. So he, with AJ Dillon, we had the first two weeks usage wise. They, they were intriguing. We had uh, five receptions for him against the Vikings. We had a touchdown there in week one, 18 carries in week two. Then they run into the Buccaneers and you've, I'm sure you've noticed. And I, I know the Buccaneers, they, uh, oh, who, uh, who just, they're, they're cruel for running backs, Atlanta. Uh, but in one yeah, bad week, yeah. like the, the Buccaneers, their run defense typically and their defense in general, like I give a pass to the offenses playing them. And I don't think it's a good barometer of what those teams are going to look like going forward. And then we go to the, against the Patriots 17 carries. And then we have that London game. And when we have these Island games where it's the only game on all eyes are on these teams that stands out six carries, no receptions. So now 
AJ Dillon, a preseason by most people's standard, was a top 12 dynasty back. Nobody was trading AJ Dillon away for 23 first. Now that conversation is changing a little bit. And I think the people, the teams that you need to approach that have an AJ Dillon, especially if he's been in their starting lineup, they very well could be one and four, oh, and five. And same with Travis Etienne. So, whereas Najee Harris, I'm looking to get out with Travis Etienne, I'm fully looking to get on board. With A.J. Dillon, I'm a little bit more in the middle, but more towards the ETN side. So I would explore opportunities to acquire, but, you know, it's going to be tough for him to produce and maintain value, barring an Aaron Jones injury. But especially, he has one rushing touchdown so far this season. That wasn't on my bingo card for five weeks. Like, I thought he was going to get a lot of the inside the 10, inside the five usage. And, you know, for one reason or another, it just hasn't happened. So, yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones is rolling. I, I mean, he, he's he's been their best player kind of there in Green Bay, came into this season in excellent shape, and it's, it's, it's just showing. But the team is struggling, so it's just not supporting two running backs right now. When it is having a decent game, that's when he's getting 18 for 61 and 17 for 73. And that's not quite enough. So we need him to get rolling a little bit more than that. And, and I think he'll have some moments. but. Ultimately, you know, we do need something, you know, Jones to miss a time or be a little dinged up and just have the game flow to go a little different. But I, I don't think he's going to exceed those, get those expectations that some Dylan truthers hope for. So I'm looking at it and AJ Dillon actually has 100% of the rushing attempts inside the five yard line for the Packers. Here's the issue. It's only two. So five weeks in, Two rushing attempts as a team. This is that. This is Houston Texans numbers from last year. So there should be some positive regression, right? Well, Lenny well, wasn't fine in the end zone in Tampa Bay. He says it'll come. You know, Rodgers is like Brady. Eventually, he'll share the ball a little bit. The, the, we need him to get there though. But mm. if they do, and we have to believe this offense starts to click a little bit more. Hopefully, for the the Green Bay sake, Christian Watson starts to pick it up. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is more consistent on a weekly basis. I know Mitch's man, his newfound love, Alan Lazard. Oh, yeah. But hopefully things pick up a little bit. But I do believe, you know, these last three, really four weeks could be a a nice way to get in on the A.J. Dillon stock if you weren't able to previously because that price was pretty absurd. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, like I said, more towards the buy than I am on Najee Harris. Any other running backs you guys just want to talk about or run, run through or, you know, really quick, because this question's come up several times. Mitch, in relation to 23 draft picks, what are you doing with Kenneth Walker? Oh, to, we, we all, we're already 43 minutes in the show. This should have been the first 43 minutes <laughs> of the show, you know? To, Hit us. Come on. Our savior, Kenneth Walker, you know, our savior, he's going to come in and now he's going to be the running back one. No, just kidding. But no. So here's the issue you're going to have trading for Kenneth Walker. You have a lot of people out there like me that drafting him at the 102, the 103, the 104 in their drafts this past May. I'm not willing to move off of him for a late 23 first now. 
I'm, I'm just not. I mean, I spent that early draft capital on him. I had faith in him coming into the league, and I think he's going to do really well in Seattle. So I think that's really hard because you can't get it early 23 first for him. And I think the value is closer to late 23 first. But the problem is no one who has Kenneth Walker that drafted him there is going to be like, yeah, okay, give me the 111 in next year's draft since I spent the 102 on him this this previous May. You know, it's I think that's what's going to happen in a lot of leagues. And so it's one of those things to where I think we're going to see very few deals get done with Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Especially Walker. Now. Kenneth Walker or Javante Williams. Kenneth Walker. Javante Williams. John, say it. Do it. Do it. I would prefer Javante, but but here's me hedging. Get my hedge clippers out. <laughs> you said Get no hedging. Go- I'm hedging. It's supposed to be right a manscaped now. commercial right now. Go ahead. I need the little uh, the little graphic across the screen. I think I could get something added to Javante for Kenneth Walker today. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's crazy. I, oh, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that's crazy. So whether that looks like a two, three swap or a two for two, where I'm getting a player that maybe the market is lower on than consensus. Uh, how would the market be lower than consensus? See, I'm, I'm a little foggy right now. You, the market's higher than I might be vice versa. Uh, I just got a cold offer to receive Michael Pittman for George Pickens. And I accept it. What was that for? Who for Mike? Who for George Pickens? I got Michael Pittman straight up. Speaking of Pickens is going to be better than Pittman. Isn't it fun? Wow, Dan. Wow. That was surprising. Isn't it funny how we're always like wide receivers hold their value until for four weeks, they don't do anything. They're like our top 10 wide receiver. Michael Pittman is now wide receiver 25 <laughs> in dynasty, but you know, wide receivers hold their value. Yeah, I, yeah. I still like Pittman. I never had him ranked that. He never cracked my top 12, even though I, I've been on the Pittman train. I just, I think Pitt, Pickens is a different breed. Yeah. We'll see. Do we, do we need it, to remember? Back? Well, I will bet. And, and remember he, he bleeds black and gold, Mitch, but yet he's traded <laughs> yes, Pickens he for, yes, for, for, for a Colt. With Matty Ryan as his quarterback. I'm sorry. You better be sorry. All right. Well, AJ Dillon, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. If you're in the Discord, hopefully you you drop some trade ideas or completed trades or something. And, you know, whatever's on your mind, you know, Dan. I just don't want you to skip off running back checks. You did ask us if we had any other running backs. Yeah, I know Mitch mentioned Ken- Kenneth Walker. And and I will say, I, I, I've never been high on Walker, but the opportunities now. And if you've drafted him, it was for this purpose. I think we, and there's a little time before Travis Homer comes back. I can't even believe I mentioned Travis Homer, but that's just what Seattle does. You know, so he, he just hopefully DJ Dallas doesn't get too much burn. And ET, in uh, tra- sorry, Walker takes advantage of his reps. And, and, and that, you know, comes through for, for Mitch and his shares and our other listeners. But Brees Hall, man. Wait, I, wait, wait. Before we get to Brees, be, Brees wait, before we get to Brees. All right. I got I to gotta throw a follow-up question because, uh, Dan, you prompted this in my head here. What, what risk is there, if we had to throw a, a probability out, that Kenneth Walker does not produce it what Rashad Penny was? Zero. You genuinely believe 0%. I, I mean, extremely low. He's a good running back in a good situation on a – somehow a very good offense. I think he's going to be fine. Now, 
if he isn't, how long of a leash do we give him? The whole the rest season? of the season, because the rest <laughs> of those running backs suck. <laughs> All right, so if he goes out and he's throwing up 15 for 40, 15 for 50. He's, he's at least Najee Harris at that point, so that's pretty good. Because I, I think here, here's what we got to figure out with Kenneth Walker. So, you know, they draft him, and it was the Rashad Penny show, and he was getting sprinkled in there. Now, you know, Mitch is right. The competition isn't there. So so the outlook should be good. But are they protecting him at all? Like, what don't we know? It's like Zeke and Pollard. For years, I'm hearing about it. And I keep saying, Zeke's fine, Zeke's fine. It's because they both do different things better that you need to run an offense. Like, if, if Walker's going to get Geno Smith carted out in an ambulance – they're going to kind of protect him a little bit and not put him in there in certain situations, you know? So, so he might lose some snaps for certain reasons that we're just not quite seeing that's going on in the locker room and, you know, in the film sessions and and so forth. So let's see how he takes advantage of the reps and what situations they're taking him out in. And Hey, even if the snaps aren't quite as much as we want, if he at least takes advantage of the snaps he's getting to make them, you know, really good and fancy, hopefully he grows week to week. One more follow-up question. I'm sorry. One more follow-up question, then we'll pass it over to the Brees Hall show with Dan. What do you go out? Like, if you had a guaranteed, you have the 23 class picks assigned already, you're three and two. What pick do you send out to acquire Kenneth Walker today? Mitch, this is all to you. Oh, am I contending? You're three and two. You're three three and two. two. Your fifth in potential points. Fifth, so that's a decent. I could contend with that. I will send what I would be the one to wait, pretty much, right? No, no, no. But in this scenario, what yeah. pick number one to like, wait? That's the earliest you would send. Yes, because I think you could get a lot more for a mid twenty-three first right now. Okay, so one oh eight. If Kenneth Walker goes out and he is running back. 12 over the next three how, weeks. Okay. Just, just he's running back 12. Bear with me. Then what would you move up to anything above one Oh eight or. No, I'm expecting better of that for one Oh eight. So you wouldn't, you would be disappointed if he was running back 12 over the next. Yeah. Three weeks. Yeah. He's going to be better than that. I'm not worried. Boy, he's got some <laughs> goggles on JB. D- Damien Pierce but, but, is running back 10 right now. That, that's my whole point. <laughs> If he is running back 12 on a per game basis over the next three weeks, yes. I what would you be what what pick would you be willing to move for him? 107. I'm not moving those early 23 picks for him. Okay. I'm not moving them for any running back. So you're willing to move the 108 today, 107 if he he's running back 12 over the next three weeks. What what if He's running back 24 over the next three weeks. Which, which, which Rashad Penny was going into last week. Well, more than fair. I will say, at worst, he'll be an early second round. So you're losing a little bit of value there. But I th- but look at all the running backs in that range. Look what's happened to Najee. Look what's happened to ETN. All of those running backs are in that range right now. So give me the one with the upside. Whose offense has looked better than Seattle's, really? I mean, of course, there's the Buffalo and Kansas City and stuff. But as far as middling NFL offenses, Seattle looks really good. Geno uh, Smith looks nobody, really nobody's good. Nobody's saying they don't. So then give me the running back in that offense. 
Okay, but if you're only going from 108 to 107 based on him producing versus 108 to 201 of him not producing, why not just wait as opposed to going out and acquiring more shares? And this is more for just the listeners in general if they're thinking about going out and acquiring him today. Because you need to go out and get a running back that you believe is going to produce. So look at the running backs you're going to be able to get for those late 23 first. So here's the backs you have in that range right now. Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, sorry, my Excel just messed up, uh, Javante Williams, Joe Mixon, or Najee Harris. And then you have Kenneth Walker in that tier. Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker is the obvious pick of all of those backs right now to spend that late 23 first. Who are you going to get over him, Dan? J.K. Dobbins, who gets eight touches a game? I like Joe Mixon before him if their head coach wasn't a moron, but that's See? another story. But then they have the head coach, right? <laughs> well, Pete Carroll's not much better, but still. But, hey, but hey Pete listen. Carroll's looking pretty good right now yeah, with Gino, yeah. what he's done over Russell Wilson. He was on to something. So, but again, you're comparing him then in my tiers to the late 23 first, as opposed to the 107, 108. Okay. Okay, well, then you have Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb right there, right? And I'll take both of them over Kenneth Walker in a heartbeat. I will. Give it two weeks. What happens if Kenneth Walker is a top 10 back the next two weeks? Is it that lock-in automatic smash for you? Kenneth Walker has the draft capital. He has everything that we want besides the receiving pedigree in college. I I don't think he's going to be a running back one over the next two, three weeks. I, I just, I don't believe it. I'm not sure who they play. Anyway, we could go on and on. Let's talk about Brees Hall for a minute here, Dan. You have, you have 24 seconds. Go real quick. I mentioned him last week, 69% of the snaps this week. He's had some high target games. He is my number three overall right now. And that's only because like CMC and Barkley still in like, there's, there's no competition there whatsoever and they do everything, but um, maybe CMC gets moved, but Brees Hall gentlemen, like, He's got a good back on the bench. You know, again, it's a good two, it's a good duo, but 27 points last week. I think that's about to become more of the norm. I uh, just love him, Brees Hall. And if we anyone is kind of looking at trades compared to other backs, other than Barkley or McCaffrey, I'll take Hall over everybody. I, right now, across all positions, there are only 14 players I would take over Brees Hall like without thinking about it, then I have a bunch tiered together. So I, if you want to say Brees Hall's your running back too, great. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put up a fight. He has looked tremendous. He has been getting the usage. He, he's been getting the usage that we, we want for the most part. Uh, pulling him up here in the usage. Fill that in dead air. I've loved his games this year where he's gotten targets of nine and 11. Now that hasn't been consistent week to week, but just to have that capacity, like in the range of outcomes is wonderful. And to have two catches for a hundred yards last week on top of 97 yards, rushing and a touchdown. Holy cow. And I know Miami wasn't at full strength. Like again, my, my, my blinders aren't on there, but he is his, his game plan involvement just keeps on rising. And that's not going to stop. The kid's talented. He passes the eye test, too. Three games this year, six targets, eight targets, 11 targets. Last three weeks, 48% route participation, 63, 50. And he's getting utilized. Like I said, he, he's hitting the the double-digit targets per route run 
every single week, 31%, 14%, 41%, 24%, 17%. So even on his low end, it's still something that that we like to see for running backs. And with the age, with the way that team is trending, yeah, like, I mean, Dan, you said running back three, great. If you want to say two, that's also great. I have no issue with that. Look, so, I'll, Sorry, go ahead, John. Oh, I was going to say a little less combative than the Kenneth Walker conversation. Yeah, I was going to say, look, I I think there's an easy chance that Brees Hall could end up being the running back one in Dynasty at the end of the season. If the Colts keep doing what they do and Jonathan Taylor has some nagging injuries and Brees Hall keeps doing what he, he was an extremely good prospect coming in. Like, I believe he was better than DeAndre Swift as a prospect and he's just good. And now we finally are seeing that Michael Carter, you know, he even sniped a couple touchdowns from him. Right. Yeah. But Brees Hall was still so good that it didn't matter. So yeah, if someone came out today and was like, look, I think Brees Hall is going to be running back one in January. I'd be like, all right, that's cool. I think Taylor's that conversation too. I I think it will get better for him, but like we're talking the elite class right now. And I think the important piece is putting Brees Hall in that elite class. Uh, As it stands today with what we know, I think when we look ahead three months in early offseason startups, people are going to take B. John Robinson, but barring some crazy injury. Yeah, no, I agree there. It, yeah. It's going to go B. John, Brees, and then I, I, Gibbs probably the two right now uh, in that class. But it, I, I, if Brees Hall keeps doing what he's doing, I don't know how you put any other 23 running back ahead of him coming in. All right. With a question for both of you, now that we know how the running back landscape is in January startups in the first round, is it going to go Taylor, Bijan, Brees? Huge gap until the next one. I don't know. Uh, I think late first, early second. I was, I was just going to say, I think there's going to be some startups. We don't see a running back going the first. And by some, I mean, Plenty, and this is twelve team super flex tight end premium most likely, but Mitch might be yeah. identifying the return of the running back though. Where you're starting to get some stud, really mm-hmm. young guys that are in the conversation, so they're trending up. Yeah, but you know, people are already souring on Jonathan Taylor a couple weeks into the season. He's still running back one for many, and for me too. But I, I, I mean, we, Mitch, you mentioned it. We see how quickly Najee Harris fell. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, DeAndre Swift, if he keeps getting a little banged up, who knows where he goes? But yeah, I mean, I I do think there's going to be that gap. But also, it depends on how the rest of the season plays out for the Swifts, the Barclays, the McCaffreys, because we could see a JT Swift, Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson all gone by like the two o six or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I mean, I, I'm not wishing away this season. But I'm already itching for off-season content, yeah, guys. Here he goes. I, Here he I'm, goes. A, I'm already we're we're going into week six, and I am already super excited. Uh, in the rookie data, I already have several rookies in there uh, prior to their 2022 numbers, so that's obviously going to be adjusted. But um, man, I'm excited for that. Final thoughts. <sighs> man, 177 episodes in. Week five in the books. Dan, what do you got for our listeners? Final thoughts. Man, we never surprise each other. Like an hour goes by like that, and I I still have some notes. So I'm just going to rapid fire my final thoughts. Danny Dimes continues to give me hope. 
Taysom Hill tight end ceiling in this current landscape is intriguing. Carolina Panthers this is more of a speculative one, but with Coach Rule gone, if they do trade someone, kind of like our dynasty offseason where we're, we're like speculating where guys might get traded and we try to hop on it early. Hey, is this the time to try to buy a CMC and DJ more if someone was to get moved? And, I don't uh, want CMC to get moved. Let him get all the touches in Carolina. DJ Moore, let's get him out of there. Sorry, Dan. It's an interesting situation. So, hey, start speculating. We'll be watching this one closely. And Mitch mentioned bye weeks, Lions, Texans, Raiders, Titans, all on a bye week. So be prepare your lineups accordingly. I have some. I You know, I like to go through early in the week and get my preliminary lineup set. I'm not kidding. There's some leagues that I'm starting to set my lineup for week six. And because of the bye weeks and injuries, I just I'm, – I'm like, I can't submit a lineup today because it's, it's just – it's horrendous. John, if you don't start submitting your lineup now, you're not going to get through all 100 by time Thursday night football rolls around. So <laughs> I always, I always get them done. Always. All right, Mitch, what do you got for our listeners? All right. I'm just going to say, so there's a quarterback in the league right now. That's top five in yards, top five in touchdowns. And he should be probably ranked in dynasty as like the 31st best quarterback in the NFL is Carson Wentz. And that's because his value is dead now because of what Ron Rivera said about him when he was. So for anyone who doesn't know, Rivera was asked, Hey, what's the difference between the commanders and the rest of the NFC East? And he goes quarterback. It took him about 30, not not, like not even half a second to say it. So the second that happened, Carson Wentz is dead in dynasty now. Now there is no one who's going to be willing to give him off your teams. So what I'm saying is, ride the points. You ain't going to get anything for him. If you're very lucky, you'll get like a late second. And I don't think you'll be able to get that because everyone knows that he's not going to be the quarterback moving forward. So for me, write out those points. And he's just going to be one of those guys that you have on your roster. And you're like, look, there's no value. So I might as well get the points out of it. There was something that came out today. And this is all because of that comment by Ron Rivera. If Carson Wentz plays at least 70% of the snaps, Mm -hmm. the pick they traded goes from a third to a second. Well, in week 11, they play the Houston Texans. And if they, I said in the chat, if they don't at least go three and three over the next six games, I I think then, boom, he's at like 67% of the snaps. He's, we get get on the bench. Get on the bench, uh, Sam Howell, if he's healthy. I mean, I don't know. Is he injured, Sam Howell? I don't know. Heineke's there. Yeah. That's the, start anyways. The Heineken master. But, uh, yeah, so that's something to keep an eye on. But in terms of actionable advice with Carson Wentz, ride him into the ground. You're not yep. getting <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. I'm shocked we went over an hour. Uh, Greg in the chat saying, bye, Heineke. You could probably get him a fourth and some fab or some some garbage or he's on your free agent list he's on your waivers go out and put a claim in for mitch Sorensen, dan lamagna i'm john bauer i hope every everybody i hope everybody has a fantastic week six have a great night we will catch everybody next week and i'm sure we'll talk to many of you in the discord peace